Welcome to Teachings in the Air. air, air. podcast with Jerry Oldman, coming to you from Hunkameenum Territory with a podcast series about indigenous men's health and wellness. We aim to inspire, motivate, and empower indigenous men to be sound in mind, body, and spirit, because that's what health means. This is Jerry Oldman, Teachings in the Air. Today's podcast is called Laughter Medicine. You know, as, uh, in my life, personally, I've seen now uh, individuals and families become divided. You know, and part of it's by not being careful and sincere with the words when they're speaking to one another. And also, you know, taking myself too seriously. <laughs> you know, I know that that I would get like that. And I, in a way, being self-centered or thinking it's all about me. At those times, you know, it's easy to slip into being angry or being afraid or being depressed. You know, and that, that affects relationships between each other. My belief indigenous is, is inclusiveness, that we know how to include others in our life or to include ourselves in their life. We started to complain rather than repair broken relationships, repair the harm that we done. Our communities and homes are filled with issues simply because we stopped solving our interpersonal problems. 
This is now an intergenerational problem. The children inherit the conflicts from the parents. And now they're creating their own conflicts. On my journey, I have come to realize one of the gifts that I have witnessed in our communities was the gift of laughter. And, and, you know, as individuals and in groups. Part of my goal here is to remind the listener that we used humor to cause laughter and entertain ourselves and one another. The laughter was meant to unite and heal in good times and bad times, and especially to remind others that indigenous humor is not meant to embarrass our family and friends. Also, I want to honor all the ones that brought laughter and joy to my life and to the people. You know, as indigenous people, we used many ways to heal. And remember the word heal means to become original again. You know, when we're harmed, then we want to be the way we were before we were harmed before we're humiliated or physically hurt, or we've done that to another one of our loved ones or our friends or people. We, you know, my granny was an herbalist. As You know, most of us are when we know the knowledge of the medicines that grow out of the earth. We all can learn that. Of course, we have people that are gifted in the medicines. They know which ones to combine, to use together for specific ailments. You've heard me say, perhaps, if you listen to my other podcasts, that I was told that there's medicine for every organ in our body in the earth. And that's all that's needed is to find the right combination. So we know about those medicines. And my wish is that we all start going back to that. And we are. The other medicine the people used was music. The drums, the rattles, the flute... You know, all those instruments that they used in healing ceremony and ritual. I've been healed through music. I would feel it. I would feel the rattle. I'd feel the vibration of the drum in my body. I would feel the singer sharing the music with their voice. Oh, I've heard singers that brought tears to my eyes. I've heard groups singing that brought tears to my eyes, and I would just feel this healing. We also used instruments such as 
eagle wings or feathers, crystals, rattles. We get the branches off the trees to brush negativity off people, such as cedar, juniper, fir, hemlock. We used the medicines from Mother Earth. You know, in words, I learned from elders, they tell me words to say when I'm picking medicine or I'm helping people. Because words have power, incredible power too. We know that today words can harm, do such harm to an individual. We know this through what we hear today in the racist realm of this world where people think they're superior to others. We also know that words can heal, you know, can help you. And I've heard many of those. That's why I'm here today. Also, our people would use fasting and meditation as healing. At first, I didn't understand the fasting in the sense of healing. But then I come to understand that when we empty our stomach out and we don't put anything in there, no water or food, that our body will start to eat itself. And the first thing it'll eat is a negativity in our system. You know, I've done fasting and total fast, and I've also would do juice fasting, what they call the master cleanse. And I could feel myself purifying. My attitude would change after I got over the couple of days of saying, what am I doing? You're crazy. I want some food. You know, but after this, usually after the second day when I start to fast, I get into the fast and I can feel the benefit. So those were healing ways. Those were the medicines. And the one that I'm here to talk about today is the laughter medicine. Yes, it is medicine. Like humor. Humor, you know, was a fundamental aspect of our lives as indigenous people. I would see and hear and feel humor in ceremony. At times, you know, like a serious ceremony somewhere in there, someone would say something and we would laugh or smile. Humor will express has expanded me as who I am. I wasn't this coiled up, tight, tense person when I, when I, after I had have a good laughing dose, you know, that laughter medicine. And it, it helped me, you know, choose my behavior after a good laugh. You know, you can't help but be happy. You know, in humor, we become playful. And it disrupts the normal life that we're living 
you know, that feeling of same old, same old, like COVID, for instance. I'd have COVID moments, and then all of a sudden I would say something, you know, and I would laugh, or I'd read something, and I'd laugh. And then it'd break that stress line of COVID. You know, in the indigenous way, humor assumes a sacred position within ceremony, too. In ceremony, I've seen they have these ones that were there to help people to laugh. Some people would call them clowns. I don't like the word clown myself, but it's because um, I think people think of a circus clown with a big red nose and the big feet. You know, it's similar. But I see them, and it was just my body would rock with laughter. And they were so good. They were so, it was their gift. Laughter, humor can purify negativity. I know, I felt that myself. Negativity about myself especially. So humor was part of our rituals. It was allowed. And I, you know, and I don't like to compare and contrast, but I'll just say it just to make the point. Like when I went to church, there was no laughter. It seemed to be solemn. I, you know, you know, it helps people. I know it does go there and meditate, and, but it seems very serious to me. The gifts from laughter. It does stop excessive seriousness. You know, it's just so... <laughs> our laughter medicine. Sometimes we bring it out through deliberate exaggeration. We'll deliberately exaggerate something to bring that laughter medicine out. You know, I've seen laughter deflate with myself, deflate pomposity or, you know, <laughs> when I would think I'm chut or I think I'm better or I'm full of myself. You know. <laughs> and that's uh, such a wonderful medicine, that, that laughter. And, you know... I know now today it's healthy to be able to laugh at myself and laugh together when I do something, you know, that brings out laughter. <laughs> I, I appreciate it today. I love it. You know, our humor has helped us not to be overcome by oppression because there's no doubt about it, indigenous people have been oppressed in this life. But humor has helped us not to be overcome totally by it. You know, humor helps us, helps me deal with adversity and hardship when I'm struggling. When someone makes me laugh, it helps me, or I laugh at myself. 
Humor and laughter also serve as a social control function. Social means friend, so when we're with friends, sometimes we get out of hand and we take things too seriously or we start attacking and start belittling and doing silly things like that. I've seen cases where humor or someone would do something to show us that we're, we're too serious at that moment. I've seen humor diffuse community tension when there's tension in a band hall or in the community. That there will, someone will bring laughter at that moment. I've witnessed this time and time again because laughter medicine is being indigenous. You know, happiness is a byproduct of humor. And after I have a good laugh or there's something humorous happening, you know, I'm happy. You know, a smile on my face. Warm feelings. Healthy, strong relationships are created, you know, through humor. And laughter is a glue, holds that relationship together. I know humor is also taught, you know, values and moral codes through our coyote stories, our legends, you know, and our ceremony and ritual, too. You know, laughter has carried me through emotional pain. Because there are, I have had emotional pain, intense feelings of sadness, of anger, of anxiety. And uh, laughter, I've seen it bring joy to a a somber event or where people are, you know, it's, it's heavy. And there are gifted people that know, that just do it by their own nature. And they do it where it doesn't offend anyone at this somber event. And it'll bring out the joy. Laughter has opened me up and freed me to be me, to be authentic Jerry. Laughter enables us to become one. And in unity, there is joy when we're huinatsa, when we all become one. When we breathe together, we work together, we laugh together, we're one. Laughter, you know, dissolves tunnel vision. After a good laugh, I can see clearly. I hear even, it seems like I even hear better. Because when we get into stressed out or seriousness and we have tunnel vision. 
we don't see the the forest because that's all we're looking at is a tree in front of us. Laughter shapes strong, healthy relationships. Like I was saying, the byproduct of humor and laughter is joy, happiness. You know, in every community and probably every family, there are what I call laughter healers. They help us become original again. You know, who we're meant to be. They, you know, I've seen and met many of these laughter healers. The one thing about them is they do not embarrass others through their laughter and their humor. You know, those, those healers show us what's wrong with what we're taking now is normalized, like say normalized verbal violence or disrespecting people by not following through with our commitments or not respecting people's time of life. You know, when they ask us to do something, we'll show up late. That's a lack of respect to that person when we do that. And these healers have a way to teach us about being accountable. You know, I've been with groups and with different people, even team sports or ceremonial, you know, teasing was also a method of control. Sort of put you in line, you know, when you come out of line, you know, they'll tease you and then you realize, oh, it's not right now at this time. You know, to be able to laugh at ourselves shows humility, shows us how to be humble, to shake off feelings of superiority to others. (laughs) Some of these uh, laughter healers, they have a keen sense of the (laughs) ludicrous you know, or things are so foolish, it's amusing. And I've seen these laughter healers display this with a straight face. You know, and then when they crack a smile, we all crack up. We all start smiling and laughing. like to share a few laughter tales with you in regards to Jerry, what I've heard or what I've been part of. You know, I grew up in a a time where we don't have what we have today. Uh, There's no cell phones when I was a teenager or a child. You know, they had these big phones, 
bolted to the wall or they're so heavy, you know, and you had to crank it, you know, there's not even a dial and there you had to turn a handle and count how many times you're turning, you know, and there'd be an operator and, you know, they'd hook you up. You know, and so we were talking to one another frequently, you know, daily, all the time, in fact, you know, unless we're meditating. You know, so we, we learned. Or, I don't know, yeah, that's just the way to have words that would signal, that would... Like an example of a word that signal the elders. They're getting up and they've got arthritis and they're hurting. And they're getting up and they go, and, and, and I'd hear my granny do that. I go over and I try to help. It's, it's an expression. Expression. So we had those, and we know and we knew how to recognize them and what was going on with that expression. And a couple of the ones in regards to laughter was to let people know when you're kidding or you're joshing. And one of them is they go, hey, or ho, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a, one of my laughter tales around that was, you know, and I was saying that sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. Anyway, I was at the residential school. And my younger brother came after I was there for a year or two. He come. And I, looking back now, I can see that div dividing of the people. Because it seems like I didn't really know my brother. He was in a different dormitory because he's younger than me. So we, all that 10 months, we barely see each other. Or if we did, I don't remember. Anyway, one day I was going out for a run because I started running. Long distance running. So I was going out to do my run. And I was passing by this building. And around the corner, I didn't know, but my brother was there. And he seen me go by. And he says, hey, Tuan Face. <laughs> Tuan means dried salmon in my language. And I just, you know how it is and you get startled, your shoulders go up and your eyebrows go up because somebody's embarrassing me, calling me twan face. And I look, it's my brother Brad. And I start chasing him because I was upset to be called twan face. And he's, he stops and he turns around and he goes, Ho! <laughs> and I stop chasing him. Because we all use that expression, oh, or a, when we're joshing. <laughs> and uh, there was another time, it was a laughter tale. 
I was thinking about it at my sweat lodge last weekend, waiting for the rocks, the grandparents to heat up. I was sitting there and I was remembering. As a child, you know, we we had horses. <laughs> and we go to movies, you know, for 25 cents, 15 cents to these movies. You know, in a white town site. And uh, so we go and um, a lot of the movies and were westerns. Cowboys and Indians. And the cowboys would all wear, you know, cowboy hats. And usually, like, a lot of them seemed to wear black with um, conchos on their pants and their, you know, and their holsters. And even their bridles were all decorated up. And who oh, were impressed. And a lot of the times, you know, they would show scenes of somebody running and jumping on a galloping horse. Oh, we were all amazed by this. <laughs> and of course, we'd play cowboys and Indians, and sometimes we'd fight who's going to be the cowboy because the cowboys were portrayed as superior in these movies. Anyway, we were after one movie one evening, and I remember it was sort of just about getting dark. <laughs> and we're going home, and I said to them, Hey, you guys, you take the horses up there and, and run this way with them, and I'll run and jump on just like those guys in the movies. So they went uh, back, and they were coming, running the horses towards me. And I was in a little embankment, and they were going to be running by. So they ran, and I timed it, and I jumped. <laughs> and I jumped right over the horse. <laughs> and I landed on the other side and rolling on the ground. Oh, I hear them, whoa, and they stop, and they come back. You okay, Jerry, you okay? And I sat up, and I was laughing. And we're all having a good laugh because I missed a horse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh -huh. you know the, it was so cool when I think about it, that we could all do that. <laughs> Another laughter tale of mine was that, because I started thinking about these events when I started forming this podcast, I started sweat lodging, you know, and I, after four years, I started to share the ceremony I have with people that want to come. And I would build sweat lodges, and I got this job away from my community, so I had to move. And, um, and I, um, first thing, of course, is I find a place to build a sweat lodge. And I found this place up by this, away from houses and, the, like we would say, countryside, you know, and there's a beautiful stream there with nice pools so we can bathe in there between rounds. You know, it was ideal. It was perfect. So I built a lodge there, and 
started sweat lodging, and, you know, on a regular. Usually early in the morning I'd be up there or sometimes after work in the evening. At that time, too, I joined a powwow drum group. Oh, we'd sit and burn medicine and drum. Oh, it was good. One of the drummers says, Hey, Jerry, can I come to your sweat lodge? I said, Oh, sure, sure. So he started coming with me, so I started calling him nephew. Yeah, nephew, come on. Help me cut wood, you know, make the fire, you know, and you'll learn. So we'd go up there and have our sweat. <laughs> One time we went up and we made the fire and it got to evening, got started getting dark. But while we were going there, we're driving, I have to drive through this community, this reservation to get there. This guy stopped us. He says, you guys going up to your sweat lodge? I says, yeah. So I said, oh, you guys be careful. I seen a grizzly bear up there. Oh, okay, thank you. So we went up and parked my car behind the sweat lodge. And we started the fire and we had camp chairs. We're sitting on them in front of my van. You know, putting wood on the fire, you know, keeping it going, getting the grandparents nice and hot and sitting there, you know, talking about, you know, drumming, singing, culture, all of that beautiful stuff. See the stars, it's a beautiful night. And we're sitting there and, and uh, across the stream, like it was dark, you can't see anything over there. And we hear that, ah, <laughs> we both jumped up and ran and jumped in the van. And I turned on the lights of my car and it shone across a stream. And there's this great big bull, range bull with big horns. You know, <laughs> we were looking at each other and we're laughing. So we got out and went and sat on our chairs again. My nephew looks at me. He says, hey, uncle, I wouldn't have run if you didn't run. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have run. The only reason I ran is because you ran, he was telling me. And I said, no, nephew. And we had a good laugh. <laughs> you know, and, um, another laughter tales. um when we were, we were doing activism in 1990. And uh, so, uh, four communities were involved. You know, and we're supporting the people in Ghanasatagi. We called it the Oka Crisis. And we're also making noise about our land title, our land question, they called it the theft of our territory and the resources. I remember that time, you know, when we started to do that, it was such an empowering feeling. We walked different. We talked different. We became ourselves in our camp 
or we're blockading the railroad. Of course, we're doing something, you know, that got people angry. You know, that it is an inconvenience. But if we believed what we were doing, we'd have circles on the railroad track. We'd put our chairs in a circle on the railroad track and have our sharing circles. You know, talk about what we're going to do during the day, you know, what's going on. We got an injunctions from the RCMP. The railroad got them to give us injunctions that we're not supposed to be there. And we talk about food and security, you know, and our blockade. There's no one could have alcohol or drugs or weapons, you know, so we were. Our elders really guided us well on how to be respectful in our activism. <laughs> We'd have hand drum circles, you know, and oh, it was wonderful in that sense of work together. And we're, we're sitting in circle. And one of the members said, gone up into the mountains above the railroad track. And he came back and he said, hey, you guys, there's um, RCM, RCMP snipers up in the trees. And um, another one says, yeah, I heard that um, someone's saying that we got arms. So they're worried that we got arms. <laughs> and one of our laughter healers was sitting there and he starts moaning and pretending to cry and he says, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. Uh, please stop. Please make it stop. And he's talking like that and he looks and he smiles and we all start laughing. Then he puts up his arms like Heracles making big muscles and he says, I got arms. I got arms. So we all put up our arms in the same way and he said, we got arms and we're laughing. It is an example of where humor and laughter breaks tension. And we are all right. Because it was stressful seeing RCMP all around. You know, but that humor kept us grounded, kept us good. Yeah. We had good laughs, good music, a feeling of togetherness, of being one heart, one mind, one spirit at that time. And laughter was a good medicine for us, not to be too serious, but to be committed, to remain standing for what we believed. It was, uh, when I look back on it, it was a powerful moment. As part of my healing. We still, where I'm from, we still don't have what I call justice in regards to territory, because territory means, you know, a boundary of not, not like a, an acre, 
you know, but mountains and rivers and lakes. That area we occupied as Statlium people and used. We didn't have fences or anything, but we there's mountains for medicine, mountains for, you know, for food, for the fishing game and the grouse that we hunted there. And we took care of it. We had controlled burns, you know, so there would always be a lot of berries in our berry patches. The deer would have food to eat and the moose. So we took care of the land. Then we end up on these small reservations, you know, and that is what we were blockading the railroad for. I can count on both hands how many actions we have taken. You know, I, I must remind myself that my grandparents if they'd done anything like that, they'd go to jail for six months. They would be fined. That they were told that they could not do their ceremonies anymore. Even hunting and fishing changed for them. So I remember that, and I remember their sense of humor that they maintained even through that. I would hear some of my elders, they'd stand up and, uh, when we gathered. And there was always the laughter healer there would stand up and tell a story or tell a joke or something, and we'd all be laughing, healing ourselves and healing each other. You know, and we, an example of us laughing at the predicament we're in because we're, you know, there's a word hegemony. It means somebody comes in and puts a different system, tells you how to live. You have band elections, you know, you got an Indian Act, you know, you got all of these things you have to do. Taking away our traditional governance systems and everything, this Indian, Indian Act come in, and, it's, and uh, you know, it's done some good things, but there's a lot of stuff that should happen that doesn't happen. And oh, I said my podcasts aren't going to be political, so that I'm just going. That's all I'm going to say. So anyway, so we were doing this laughter medicine once about this. I was visiting a community in northern BC, and the people that hired me were ceremonial people, and you know they're traditionalists. So we gathered after the workshop. Day was over. I, they invited me to their house and for supper. So I won't have to eat hotel food. Oh, I appreciated it. So we'd hand drum. Have a hand drum circle. Singing songs after supper. And, you know, just socializing. Ah, oh, it was good. And then the guy that hired me, he says, yeah, he says, uncle, there's a band election here, and all oh, people are stressed out. I says, oh, 
Yeah, he says, um, sometimes, you know, new chief and council comes in, all the staff change, you know, or things change, so people are sort of uptight. I says, oh. I said, nephew, you should run to be chief. And he looks at me. and I said, yeah. I understand now they have campaign managers. He says, nephew, I said, nephew, I'll be your campaign manager. He looks at me, you know, and I can feel the laughter medicine starting to build up here. So I said, yeah, we'll make posters, we'll get pictures of you and photocopy them and hand them out. And I said, you have to have a platform. Tell them what you're going to do. <laughs> so we're starting to give them ideas what to say to get elected. And I said, yeah, nephew, make sure you tell them when you do your speech. Tell them that you guys don't ever have to worry about paying taxes anymore. And we all cracked up laughing because we know indigenous people don't pay taxes on their res. <laughs> And people would keep adding to this narrative around band election. And one of them says, yeah, I'll be your band manager. And it's his first cousin. He says, yeah. And somebody says, he doesn't know how to manage. Oh, it doesn't matter, it's my cousin. He says, you know, so we kept building up this narrative and we're all laughing He's going to get somebody to be his accountant. Somebody says, he doesn't, he's never finished school. Oh, it doesn't matter. The only thing he's going to do is write checks for us, and we laugh. You know, it was, we, you know, it was one of those sessions where I had tears in my eyes from laughing at how seriously, over-seriously, we take banned elections. <laughs> You know, our laughter healers were born with the gift of bringing laughter and amusing the people, unifying the people. They have been and are the bringers of joy. They bring joy. I can just visualize the ones I've seen, and every community has them. They're born that way. They don't have to try. It's natural. They just do it. They're such a wonderful gift. I left my hands to those laughter doctors and encourage all of you to have a good laugh and to share the gift of smiles and laughters during this time of COVID. And acknowledge those laughter doctors. Thank you once again to the ones that brought joy through laughter to me. The time that I, my shoulders shook and I had tears in my eyes and my belly shook from laughing. The shaking was dispelling the negativity from my mind and from my muscles.
you know, and it was, uh, that's being indigenous. That's indigenous. You know, it's um, such a wonderful gift, laughter and joy. You know, I, my dad would bring laughter to us. My mom, they would say things, you know, and, um, for example, of my mother's, I guess you could say sense of humor or how witty she was. <laughs> my brother come home and his, his friends wife had a baby. My brother said, yeah, my friend's wife had a baby. And my mother says, uh, my late mother says, oh, what's that baby's name? And my brother says, it's up in the air yet. And my mother puts her, you know, sort of holds her chin, you know how when you're thinking you sort of put, hold your chin with your thumb and your finger there and sort of scratch. She says, hmm, wonder how I can say that in the language. <laughs> Saying that that baby's name is up in the air yet. <laughs> I'm so blessed to spend time with elders and teachers that shared the gift of laughter and humor. You know, we'd be in ceremony and it'd be called for a certain serious event, having a sweat lodge, we'd be sitting in there. And uh, the leader at some point may say something that gets us to laugh or smile. An example of one time I were in the lodge and a, the man, a beautiful man, sitting behind the bucket, they call it. You know, saying the words, doing the music, putting the medicine out so we can all share it. So we're in there and, uh, they're bringing in new grandparents or and he's sprinkling medicine on there and uh, there was thunder. So he's sitting there and his eyes are closed, looks like he's meditating and he's sprinkling medicine and the thunder and he's sitting there and we're watching and he says, what's that? And he's sitting there, and then it thunders again. Oh, okay, creator, yeah, you, I got it for sure, you know. <laughs> and we all started laughing. And the creator was talking to him through the thunder. You know, there's this other elder that actually talked to us about laughter and humor as medicine. And as a child, he said he he seen people doing the laughing song. 
So that was during the, I call it the revival, when all of a sudden we started picking up the hand drums again and growing our hair and doing ceremony. And we and we were hungry for it. And we said, teach us to us, teach us to us. Uncle, come on. Says, no, no, he says, I'm not a song catcher. He says, okay. You you see me, I don't have a drum, I don't lead songs. Well, do your best, Uncle, come on, we want to learn that song, we'll share it with the people. And he says, sort of puts his head down, and he says, I guess so. Right away, somebody hands him a drum, and he picks it up, and he's serious, and he starts hitting the drum. eyes closed and he starts he goes ah. <laughs> and we all started laughing with him and we knew the laughing song <laughs> yes it's a beautiful being indigenous So let's go home to be indigenous in the way we think. We think with generosity. We think of peace. We think of helping others. We think of um, sharing laughter, sharing food, helping those without. You know, let's go back to those indigenous ways of being, having a sense of humor and not taking ourselves too seriously. You know, there's that saying that this too shall pass. And I know this COVID's going to pass. But we need to be patient with it. You know, and uh, I've even seen and heard uh, laughter doctors around COVID, indigenous ones. And I sure appreciated them at this time. You know, and uh, these are interactions I have with other indigenous people over Zoom or telephone. And I get a have a chance to smile and to laugh. And I really appreciate that because, you know, we say this is tough, and it is. It's frightening. It is. I was so frightened my relatives would get it and be taken away from me. You know, and... uh, So, we all took care of ourselves and let's continue to take care of ourselves and uh, this too shall pass. Where we can sit in circle again and appreciate the laughter doctors that are sitting with us, that bring joy to our lives and cement us together, tie us together to become one. And oppression won't matter to us. Racism won't matter to us because we know who we are and what we are, and we understand who we are and where we come from. So let's um, 
Let's continue on. Let's, as often as we can, share the medicine of laughter and humor. Thank you. Thank you.